Hello, and welcome to the Global Art Cafe podcast. I'm Lisa Kindle, your host, artist, and a therapeutic art life coach. The Global Art Cafe began in March of 2020 in order to keep women connected through art and creativity. I'm so glad you're here. I have a background as a graphic designer running my own studio for over 15 years. Then in 2018, I founded Art Soul Living. I began teaching workshops with women in my community. They came and they left inspired. It created a safe space to create and find themselves. Now, fast forward to 2021, I was able to manifest many exciting transformations in my own life and business. As I've said, the Global Art Cafe was one of those things. I also overcame financial debt. I found the love of my life, was remarried in 2019, and have since successfully launched my daughter into adulthood. So those all come with a lot of challenges. So I'm here to share all the successes and some of the challenges so that you too can manifest your best life. I just want to welcome everybody today to the Art Together, June 8th, 2021, and we are visiting with Elizabeth Nancy Jansen, who is a love relationship expert and author of the book Bride Doll, and she is from Toronto, and we are so pleased to have you here with us and eager to hear your story about how painting helped you heal, about healing in general and finding your true love and how you can make that a reality in your own life. So Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about yourself and what we're going to hear about today. Well, uh, first of all, Lisa, I really want to thank you for having me on this program. And we've just known each other for a short time, but uh, it really is wonderful to know you. And uh, I really appreciate this opportunity to be here. So um, what what brought me here is um, our conversation we had together and um, really in our discussion, what uh, brought me here was, you know, the pain actually, a pain and a need for healing. And uh, I went through a very difficult time in my life and um, really what happened was uh, short, the short story, the backstory uh, of what really uh, made me fall, literally fall, was the um, birth of my fourth child, my son, Michael. He was born with autism and uh, classic autism. And he's now 25 years old and he's wonderful, but wonderful. Uh, but what what really brought me to my knees was the fact that I couldn't cope with the challenges of him being profoundly autistic. Uh, he was diagnosed when he was age four, but by six months I knew he was certainly not uh, like my other three children. He was not speaking, he was not, you know, he wasn't making the milestones and uh, I knew there was something very significantly different about this child and I saw that it was wrong. I saw that he was very abnormal 
And that's the way I ran with it. And I couldn't make this child normal. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't accept. Um, yeah, it just wore, wore me right down. So, um, and the way I coped with, you know, I'll just give you a quick example of what the day looked like. So I'll give you, an, uh, let's say he's eight, he's in grade three. He, uh, I had a full-time job. I had three other children. His youngest, the youngest was um, Michael, of course, and his older sibling, next oldest was uh, Nicola. And she was, um, so 10, going to a different school and you know, rushing to get them ready in the morning. He would be having a temper tantrum. Husband was very um, detached. He wanted nothing to do with it. The other two were off to university, significantly older. And no one was having a good time. The responsibility was on me. I had a directorship job as a physiotherapist, had to get to some meeting somewhere likely in a different city. I had all of Southwestern Ontario to cover. And uh, he was having a temper tantrum and his bus was in the driveway to take him to school. So that's what it looked like. And by noon, I would get, be getting a call from the school, come and pick him up, he's not coping. So that was a usual day. Oh, and by the way, he kicked out this, the bus, this, he kicked out the, the um, school bus window. You know, that was like a typical day. And, and he's being expelled from school because he bit the teacher. You know, that's the kind of, so that accumulated, accumulated. So that's kind of one day. So my coping mechanism turned to drinking and you can imagine how that turned out. Not well. So crashed and burned in 2008 and, uh, but went into recovery. The good news is I went into recovery and uh, I can see my dear friend Ruth is joining us mm -hmm. and uh, went into recovery and Ruth is my dear sponsor. So, um, and when I went into recovery, I also, um, in recovery, my sponsee actually, at the time, uh, she was quite an artist. And she invited me to an art lesson. She had at a, received at an auction, um, at an auction she and her husband had been at, uh, Four, four tickets to, uh, or four people could go to uh, an art lesson. And I thought, oh my gosh, I can only paint stick, stick figures. Now, I, I don't want to take a place at the, and use up one of these places at a beautiful art lesson. She said, no, 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 I want you to come. I thought, oh gosh, I felt pressure. I could only, I could, I can't draw anything. You know, I can't, I can't. I'm not worthy of, uh, please don't make me do this. I don't deserve this. I went and 
I went to this beautiful little town in Bayfield, Ontario, and there was a art studio. I'd never been to an art studio in my life. And the artist uh, sat us all down. Of course, my sponsee was a very, I'm going to say sophisticated artist. And, but she went and she was learning a new technique and the artist, the teacher, she handed me a piece of canvas. I had no idea what to do, but she knew what to do with me. And she said, uh, how about some textured acrylic? And we'll give you an idea. How about, you know, I had no idea where to start. She said, well, how about looking at these photographs and still had no idea what to start. And she said, well, let me show you this technique. And so she gave me a roll of toilet paper and some glue and she gave me some colors and I just kind of relaxed with it. And this is the painting that turned out and I'm gonna call it, this is my Genesis painting. And it's the beginning of how things turned around for me. And it's, you know, me coming from that horrible place of, you know, hitting my rock bottom to a beautiful place of recovery where my whole life turned around. So it's a genesis and from toilet paper to what I saw as something totally turned around to a new activity or a new, a new creativity that I wasn't ever able to think possible that I could do. So I never thought that I would, you know, be able to do something so beautiful. So from something so bad turned out to be something so beautiful. So to me, it's gorgeous. So, and it's toilet paper. So it's called Genesis or AKA, otherwise known as from shit to glory, you know? So it's very meaningful to me. And it's, you know, in purple's my favorite colors and from, um, you know, gold, gold metallic. And then, so from that painting, I went on to the one behind me. And uh, you can see, oh, I'm just stuck here behind my table. I'm just gonna take this one. And this is um, a breath of God. And it's a big wave. So it's again, it's the textured acrylic. And you can see that I'm into jewels and everything. So you can, I hope you can see the pearls in that. So from sand on the bottom, it, with a big wave or a big breath or a big blow, uh, there is, you know, the creation of pearls. So that's, that's the thought behind, um, you know, from a very simple technique, one lesson, I was able to take it for to something on a bigger piece of canvas. So, you know, was this healing? Absolutely, absolutely. So in my recovery, so that was 2008. And my recovery has gotten very, very strong. And 
um, I have not had a, a relapse or anything since 2008. And uh, I'm very grateful. It's, it, this is one of the first times I've really talked uh, about my alcoholism um, outside of AA um, in public. I keep, I'm a very private person. So this is a big step and I'm, I'm happy that uh, Ruth is uh, on, on the Zoom, Zoom call with me. But now that my book is coming out and in my book, it talks about my journey. Uh, it's a beautiful love story but it was the artwork. It was the pushing myself, uh, but the art really was the point of me finding my healing, the first step in finding that creativity, in pushing myself to stretch into that place of, of healing. And, uh, you know, you know, the creativity of, of the painting, which really takes you into that moment, you know, when you're painting, you're, you're living in the moment. When you're in disease, the disease of alcoholism, you're in fear, you're in, you're fearing the future, and, or you're regretting the past, you know, you're not in the present moment when you're in the disease. But when you are in the moment, you're in the healing. And when you're painting, you're in the healing. So it was the healing of, of working with my Genesis painting that really got me started. Thank you for uh, sharing your story. Um, I'm very touched because we did have a private conversation when we met through Facebook. Social media is so powerful and we connected on a lot of different levels. One of them, of course, was the healing through painting and the fact that we have been through this bumpy road in relationships and that you're working on this book to share your story, which I think is beautiful. And I'm very humbled to know that this is the first public place you're sharing that. I didn't realize you were doing that. So I just want to take a minute to honor you. And I'm just, I'm just touched by that um, and know that it's very real for me that these are real connections we make here in the Global Art Cafe. This, this time today is a little extended because it's our monthly art together time. And I'm glad we have a little more time because it, it's, it's a big subject. We're talking about um, raising an autistic child, dealing with alcoholism, the journey through life and love and the challenges and how we overcome them. That's a big thing. It's been a big thing in my life, overcoming obstacles. Um, and yes, let's see more of this painting that helped you to um, heal and manifest the good things in your life. It's my mission now to help others see how they can use art to heal and manifest wonderful abundance. Yeah. Share more about your story. Okay, so yes, the abundance. Um, I will start. So I'm going to take you for a little journey. Um, around my beautiful home. I do have a beautiful passion of motorcycling. So that's me on a motorcycle. And that's a painting I commissioned. So, <laughs> awesome. Yes. You're so fun. I've loved seeing that side of you. This beautiful man here. <laughs> we hear him. We hear him. Arnoldus. Yeah. 
Did I hear him laughing? This this beautiful man, I just wanted to know. You might want to take your glasses off so maybe we, if we can see the resemblance. I already this is the fusion painting of um, the Peggy's Cove that's in Nova Scotia, Canada. And the painting that, or the actual mini, uh, we have it on our property, a small version. I don't know if you can see the beautiful property we have and that's Lake Erie out there. Oh, beautiful. And we're right opposite. If you went 50 miles across, you'd hit Cleveland. So we've got a beautiful, you know, from a very bad place in my life, I do live in abundance and luxury, you know? So sobriety is a wonderful thing, as I often say to myself. I've got a huge canvas downstairs and I'm going to be working on a piece I'm excited to be working on it, but my book has taken up a fair bit, as is my business, a fair bit of my time, but I'm going to be trying some abstract work, gold leaf. Ooh, that sounds fun. Do you have a subject in mind or topic? Uh, just, um, I wanted to be working with some indigo blue, as you ah, know. Yes. And gold leaf. Ooh, that'll be gorgeous. Something horizontal mm. so that it will look nice um, when I'm filming behind me. Okay. Yes. So kind of a backdrop. So that's the purpose of it in the end. So that'll right. be very, the, those colors will be fabulous Beautiful. together. So, I have so tell us a little bit about your book. Okay. So my book is a fiction novel. And it's a romance. So for a love relationship expert, what better to do than write a romance novel? Mm -hmm. And so this romance novel is the the bones of it essentially are memoir. And it goes through the uh, love relationships essentially of uh, French Canadian women. My background is French Canadian and um, of my mother's relationship with my father. Uh, so French Canadian woman, very vibrant. And then uh, the main character is Naya and she then marries at age 21 and the challenges of that marriage. And then uh, having two children and then the challenges of a second marriage. So the first marriage, marrying with the intention of great love. However, what happens is, you know, certainly believing in, in um, the vows of a traditional uh, young, uh, you know, married, married for the right reasons, but life happens and deceit happens, infidelity and the tragedy of that. And then married for the second time, falling in love, same love, love habits, going in with uh, falling for the same kind of love patterns and stepping into the similar potholes, not, not following her own, not knowing her own uh, core values and uh, having a mar second marriage that does not work out. 
And then after several, uh, several challenges again, but then she, Naya does some real soul searching and discovers who Naya is. And she discovers her own authenticity, her own self-love, really discovers who, who Naya is and, and discovers so many passions that she has. You know, Naya loves to travel. Naya loves to do all kinds of wonderful things. And then she figures out what true love is. And she has some, some really positive love experiences and figures out really what love is all about. And many of the, my step-by-step, -step, the step-by-step -step program that I, I have, many of the elements of it are in the book. So the ending is quite, is quite a beautiful, beautiful story. So uh, I'm not gonna spoil the ending for you. <laughs> so what made you, because you were in the health field, correct? So tell us how that transition came to be and, and what you're doing now. So the, I was uh, a healthcare professional, a physiotherapist and um, well, in the healthcare profession, you know, I was very caring, nurturing, you know, caring, you know, there's hard separate, there is a, a small degree of separation from caring to loving, right? You're caring, caring for your, your patients and helping them get well, helping them, let's say a stroke patient, you're in their space, you're actually helping them move, you know, to sit up again, to stand up again, to help move again. So you're right in their personal space. Um, you're almost blended with them to support them. Mm -hmm. So the relationship you have with that individual is, so it was not a hard transition for me uh, to have, and, and the, uh, the relationship you have with that person is also the relationship you have with the family because they're putting so much heart into you helping their loved one. So it was not a hard transition for me to go into that uh, caring, so much caring for, uh, you know, just retiring. Uh, I'm 66 years old. I've been to re retire. I, I look at it as rewire. There's still so much love in me. And I have so much love around me in my home. I just don't want to sit and garden and, you know, I love motorcycling and all the rest of it and painting, but I have so much to give. Uh oh, <laughs> you, know what that, you know what that lovely alarm is? At four o'clock, my husband makes me a cappuccino every day. Oh, how perfect is that? How perfect is that? So what would you say your current mission or vision is for what you're going to do moving forward? What would you like to tell everyone? It's all about love. It's all about love. My mission is to nurture love. So love for continued love for myself. I have a huge amount of self-love and it started with painting. It did. Mm -hmm. The genesis happened. But in order to give love, I have to generate it from self-love. And I want to nurture love within my family, with my husband, 
And I want other people to have love. I want to help people find love. And if they don't have it, I want them to be brave enough to get unstuck to find it. I want to help them find it. So who is the person that would most benefit working from you right now? If you could describe your ideal client. My ideal client is someone, is a woman who has had love before, but perhaps, you know, be it a loss of a, a, a death of a husband or a lover or who has you know an unfaithful husband who has lost who has lost love mm -hmm. and who perhaps is stuck or afraid to to find love again who who really but wants it but needs help but right. needs, who does not want to repeat the pattern again so that woman who who is afraid to not to just who is afraid to just go out there and and put the fishing pole in the ocean you know who wants to be selective who wants clarity and focus that's that's the client gotcha i'll ask one more question and then i'm going to open it up to our people who are listening here joining us today but let's give them like one nugget like a tip if if they didn't work with you and they left today and had you gave them one thing to do, what would be the best thing they could do if they're looking for love right now? The best tip I would give them is do something you absolutely love. Be passionate about it because that's when you light up. So quick example, when I ride my motorcycle, I light up. Hmm. And or when I'm painting, I light up. And when you're lit all, you know, a shining and you're joyful, that's when people want to come to you. Hey, how are you? What's your name? And that's when someone, that's when you're going to attract. That's when you're going to attract the person who wants to meet you. Mm -hmm. That applies both in just in general relationships and love relationships, right? Like when we're in our best place, that's when we attract the people that we most want to have in our lives. And we have to be careful with that. Confidence attracts. Right. So let's go out and see who has a question for Elizabeth. Anybody? Uh, yeah. Hi, I'm, I'm Laura Field. Um, I want to tell you that I worked um, in Minneapolis Public Schools in an autism program with uh, autistic kids. And I want to say that I'm really sorry that you and your child went through that. That's, that, that sounded awful. I'm sorry. Thank you. Uh, I'm also single, so. <laughs> Are you taking notes? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Like. <laughs> I, I don't have my notepad because I'm sitting somewhere different, but <laughs> I'm taking mental notes. <laughs> we can listen later on the podcast, right? If anyone misses it or you have someone you know that wants to hear it. Any questions or anyone else want to ask away? Just uh, DM me, just message me if you want to connect. Um, I, 
I will give you uh, 20 minutes free coaching to ask questions. That would be great. Appreciate that. That'd be great. I have a question, Nancy. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Is there a certain age group that you feel you'd like to work with or what distinctions between ages might you have? Uh, any, any woman, 18 adult woman. Okay. You know, even younger women who want to not fall into potholes, you know, or, mm -hmm. any, you know, even someone in their 80s, you know, who want to have an adult, a, man, a, a male companion. <laughs> Sybil's waving. <laughs> yeah. Who want to have a, a gentleman friend, you know? And my husband I, was in I, his 70s when I met him. I think that speaks to, you know, when you make your um, program, they're individual. And, you know, at each age, maybe every 20 years, we transition in our lives into another phase of, should I say, development or maturity. And that, I think, is really um, valuable that you, when you make your program and your workbook, it, they're individually honed for the person that's sitting in front of you. Bravo, Nancy. Thank and I you. want to say to everyone that um, you see this beautiful spirit outside and her spirit is just as beautiful on the inside. I have to say that. And I work in, I worked in the healthcare field as well. And I work side by side with physiotherapy and it may seem, you know, hard to consider um, a physiotherapist to a life coach, but there are so many things in that field. Like um, I always found the physiotherapist to be journey people right along as the patient would transition from, you know, uh, goal to goal. And they were always positive coaches and, and really saw the good in people and just were so encouraging. Um, so I, I see a direct connection. I think that's a wonderful thing for you to do after all those years in, in the healthcare. And now it's a complete and wonderful transition for you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Ruth. Yeah. Anyone else? I have a question. Great. Go ahead. So, um, um, the man that showed up earlier, he was your husband, right? Yes, my wonderful husband. So, um, what was different about him when you met him or when did you realize that he was the one? Oh, I'm so glad. Okay, I knew he was the one because he was doing something of absolute core value. I have a core value of kindness and compassion. And I saw him in action doing something very beautiful. So I saw him in a, across a room. We were in, a, it was, a, we were in a, a party, a fundraiser, and he didn't know me and I didn't know him. And there were a hundred people in the room and it was a fundraiser for a family of six children. And the mother and the father both died in the same year of cancer. And the six children were left 
essentially with no parents. And we were, my motorcycle girlfriend and I were hosting the event. Um, so anyway, to raise money to help these kids for back to school things, new running shoes, back, backpacks, you know, and we were, anyway, he came with some other people. So he was over there talking to the kids and he was engaging with the kids, talking to them. And I could see he was, he was being very kind. Like he was unaware of what, he was more interested in the kids at the event and making sure they had food and just being extra kind, not concerned about the party going on, but more involved with the kids. And I thought, now there's a quality man. That's the man. He was so compassionate. I had to go over and say, hello, I'm Elizabeth Nancy. And that's how and I started engaging in a conversation. So he was, he was in action with core values that were my core values. I saw them in action. So that's how I met him. I hope I answered your question. I can relate to that because when I first was meeting my now husband, also my third, we have that in common. There was a reason it took us a while to meet because he was busy volunteering and serving at his church. And it just took a long time for us to finally connect because that was his value system that that took priority. You say part of that is realizing that's what you want. Like this was, this is something that you're looking for in your partner, something that you value. I don't know about you, but it's like, wouldn't you like to speed the process up for other women? That's why we're, you know, we're here. We want to help men as well. Right. Like find true love, but also I think women it's, we're not as, would you say it's fair statement to say we're not as always as confident. Some women are in who they are. And so then we make choices maybe that aren't the best for us along the way. Mm -hmm. Yes. I know a couple of people missed um, your paintings in the beginning. Maybe show the one behind you and talk again about that. And what role did it play in your healing process? So the one behind me is uh, the breath of God. And um, mm -hmm. it's uh, textured acrylic. And it is um, so really, it, it's really meaningful to me in that it, the breath of God, it really was a, a cleansing and healing in my course of recovery from a very point of my life where I crashed and burned in total despair uh, from a devastating point of pain. And I went into recovery and painting was a very much a healing point brought me up back into, uh, along with my recovery of the 12-step program, but brought me in, into helping me living in the now. So this painting is, the texture uh, part is the actually just toilet paper and glue. And then I used um, gold, flex and silver flex and just crystals to give the diamond look 
And then there are pearls in the center here. So it's like the image is like the breath of God blowing up sand, creating pearls and a big wave. So that's my painting. And how would you, um, as a writer, how would you tell the story of that painting as it relates to your life? How would you bring that together? Oh, that's a good, such a beautiful question, Lisa. Thank you. <laughs> how to, so from the very bottom of the sand, you know, God has blown me from the bottom of my, you know, despair and brought out the very gifts that were always in me and blown and refreshed and found all my crystals, mm. my perfections and brought all the, the diamonds and I glitter in glory. Beautiful. And one of the questions, Laura knows this one really well from Soul Collage, when we interpret our artwork, we say, I am one who, and if you had to say, I am one who, what would you say to, in relation to this painting? I am one who really loves to glitter. Yeah. And glow. <laughs> and maybe shine like a diamond. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Diamond in the rough. And now you're, you're, you're just shining for everyone to see now. That's what a beautiful story. I hope you're enjoying the conversation. We'll have more right after this. Are you curious about how art can help you heal past wounds, break through limiting beliefs, or are you looking for a creative outlet? Lisa Kindle, artist and certified art life coach, is now offering exclusive sessions to work with her privately in a safe space. You will explore art in your life and how it can help you release hurts and find true love and happiness in your heart. Work with her for 30 or 60 minute sessions. Sessions are $30 for 30 minutes. Unlock this hidden world of joy through art. You can contact her to schedule your first session by emailing her at lisa at artsoulliving.com. Now back to the show. Whatever you put on paper has a story to tell. And that's what I like to talk about and bring out in these conversations. That's why we're here talking with you. And I know Sybil didn't get to see your Genesis painting and maybe also my mom's in the house, Ruth Ann, you can see her here. She's from Northern Minnesota. Let's talk about that. I love the story and I think she'll appreciate the whole reference you made um, you know, because what it was made with, again, you use toilet paper. So talk about that again, because that's such a great story. Okay, so the, uh, my very first art class, I could only, you know, didn't feel worthy to go to the art class, uh, because I could only draw stickmen and my uh, sponsee insisted I come. And so I bravely went and the art teacher gave me this piece of canvas and toilet paper and glue and some paints and she gave started me sh showed me what to do with the toilet paper and a bit of water and the glue and so I made this ball and um, 
created this with the color and poof, it was like a bomb that went off in my life, you know? So this is Genesis. So my whole life has re Genesis of a new life, a new start. And the other name for it is AKA or otherwise known from shit to glory. So I was in a bad place and now the bomb went off and now it's only up, only, only to glory. And a new life. A new life. And that's exactly what happened from that point on. Sometimes you just gotta, you know, you just gotta say it like it is, right? Yes. It's not always pretty, the process. It's not pretty. <laughs> the process <laughs> not always pretty. I can vouch for that. But you made it look good. You made it look beautiful. That toilet paper looks amazing. I think so. Right? It does. It looks like a, a, a like something you'd see in the stars in the sky and this beautiful thing that happens out there. You know, people listening, if they're listening as a podcast, they can't see this and they're imagining toilet paper on a canvas, right? But it looks amazing. It's gold plate, you know, gold. Yeah formation of stars and, and new life it is it is really beautiful i'm not being funny but um i think that's just a it's a huge testament to how art and using anything you have in your house can create something beautiful right like we sh what what if what's the weirdest thing you've used in creating an art project i i've got some people here i know they've tried something different what's something weird laura I'm going to call you out. What's the weirdest thing you've used in creating a piece of art that you like, like it turned out that would surprise um, you? I want to think. Um, when I was in high school, I, I had this like broom that was like a metal broom and I made like a, um, a piece with a mask on it. Okay. Um, anything recently, a record, melting records. Okay. Melting records. How about you, Sybil? Do you have anything that was a little bit weird you used in a painting or project? No, I can't really say that I have. Um, I had a, a, a polymer clay face uh, that I had made a, a pin out of. Mm -hmm. It was a part of, it was three or four faces on the pin and it broke off and then one day I put it into one of my abstract paintings. Right. And so the face is there on the canvas. So that was, that was, that turned out okay. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot, Sybil. So you're, you caught part of the uh, Elizabeth story. Is there anything that stands out to you? Do you have any insight you want to share? Well, she didn't mention the 80 age. <laughs> <laughs> So talk to us from that demographic. Well, from that demographic and in my, where were you in, in, when I was in my 40s? Um, yeah. I was married for 16 years to the bad boy. And uh, he was also an alcoholic. Mm. And so that, that ended. And then I was in a few relationships and, and one was really, really special then he passed away hmm. and then I, I protected my singledom 
Um, one, I had two kids I was raising. Um, but then later, I, I didn't want that interference. And um, now, there's no way. I sprawl all over the bed now. I used to, for many years, I just kept my, my two inches. But um, now, I, I think, but I have love in my life. I have my family. I have my friends. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not without love, nor am I without giving love. So I'm receiving and give. So it, that's a good mixture. And that works for me, especially now. What, next week I turn 80. My passion for a while in my 70s was quilting. Um, I worked until I was 72, so I had stress. Mm. Um, once I retired, I didn't have stress. So now you're it. enjoying life, loving life. I, it's, it's one of the happiest times of my life right now. That's good. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Lori, do you have a comment? I know that you want to talk about Greg and your true love story. I have found that uh, my relationship came when I wasn't looking for one. And there's been many things in my life that I have now that didn't come until I learned to be content with where I was. Mm -hmm. So I met my husband in the dorms at a college in Michigan when we were 19 years old. And earlier that week, I had gotten a diamond ring from somebody who asked me to marry them. Him, marry not, him. But not Greg. You're not. Not Greg, no. Somebody I got else. the diamond ring and then <laughs> I met Greg. <laughs> who was a high school friend of my fiance's dorm roommate. And when he came to college, in the middle of the year, January, his paperwork had been messed up and he didn't have a place to stay. So he brought all his belongings to his, the one guy that he knew from high school. And my fiance and I were doing something. And when we came in and he's like, what? What's all this stuff here, boy? Oh, uh, did, you know, the roommate get stuff for Christmas or what? And then Greg came in with the roommate and I just, I really liked him. And the four of us used to hang around just as friends because Greg, Greg didn't know anybody, but this one friend and I hung out with my fiance and that was his room. So we used to play cards and go for walks and go to basketball games. And then after a few months, we were gonna go to the, I saw him in the comments and we said, oh, well, let's go to the game and no one else came. And we were cheering and yelling and our hands met in the air. And when we sat down, we kept holding hands. And I went to see my fiance. I said, I can't marry you because I like someone else. Just like that. I have, I have no guarantee of a future with Greg. I just knew that I could not marry someone. I called off my wedding 10 weeks before it was gonna happen. Mm. Never regretted it once. I just, and I, but there was a time, especially earlier when I married, when I thought, what did I do? You know, we got married while we were still in college. I just, he, and one time, you know, my daughter said, oh, dad is such a wonderful husband. I said, well, now. <laughs> Here we go. 
<laughs> well, we both had a lot to learn and he was a typical young guy. You know, once he caught me, he didn't have to work at it anymore. And I didn't feel cared for. And I remember when we were married, um, somebody said, oh, how long have you been married? I said, well, two years. And if you ask me, that's too long. <laughs> and I, I like to tell people I have been very happily married for 42 and a half of the last almost 45 years. And my husband said one time, you thought we had two or three hard years. I thought it was two or three hard months. And I said, God bless you and your poor memory. And that's one of the reasons we're still married. But it's, it's work. I mean, it takes work. I'm not always happy with him. He's not always happy with me. There's ups and downs. And we based our marriage after these hard times on commitment, not just on feelings. Because feelings ebb and flow, come and go. But we based it on. But there's been no abuse, no alcoholism, no unrepentant you know, things. We really have worked together as a team. And that's a huge difference because it takes two. And if you don't have both of those, I also like to say that uh, 20 years of my therapy made me a much better wife. So <laughs> dealing with my own issues made, and I just think being in my sixties, I like you, Sybil, I mean, I'm more content with myself. I am more grounded. I feel more mature. I feel more at peace. And I think that shows up in relationships as well. Although, see, we're 67. We met when we were 19. So it's pretty hard to imagine my life at some point without him. Right. So I try not to do that. But it, it takes work. And I do think that you get a lot of good relationships. You can meet friends when you're not. I mean, when I moved to Minnesota and I was desperately lonely trying to find a friend, it's just like you couldn't. But when I wasn't looking... And again, trying to concentrate on living my best life is what I find friends. I went to Bible study one morning. I didn't know I was going to meet Lisa and we talked a minute and I'm like, oh, hey, let's have coffee. I want to hear more about this graphic design stuff. And that was what, eight or 10 years ago? At least, you know, probably longer than that now. So it wasn't, oh, no. we weren't like, oh, I need to find a friend. I need to make, it was just like, hey, I want to hear about your interests. That sounds really neat. And so, yes, good information. I think that's so true is like when you finally start to know yourself better, you make better decisions, you, you attract better people into your life. Um, but it does take some time to do that. And it, even a good relationship, it takes work. It, it still takes work. There's still times when I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to go for a walk, <laughs> you know, I need a little time here or don't you have somewhere to go, you know, because the working from home and staying home for a year was, you know, mm. a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else have thoughts on what makes a true love relationship to them? What does that mean to you? Anybody? What makes a, t a true love relationship well, when you're totally content, totally happy, and when you will feel joy, when you feel joy, mm -hmm. it's all about. Would you say it just, it starts with you though, in order to have 
the friendships, the relationships, because even in a love relationship, don't you think a friendship is essential? Yes. Like, yeah. And, you know, uh, I just forgot the woman who just was speaking what her name was, sorry. Lori. Lori. I think mm -hmm. Lori said something very important and she didn't use the word boundaries, but boundaries are very important in, in relationships, in, in good relationships. And healthy boundaries in true love are very important. Everyone needs to have their own space and their own set of, you know, just what we're doing right now, their own creativity, their own source of, of um, creating their own place of joy and their own self-fulfillment patience you need that to find to build your passion to build your own abundance to have your own oxygen so to speak in order to build your own sense of love in order to give to someone else you need that time out of your own beautiful space your own self-care so as Lori was saying, don't you have somewhere to go? You need that that time to yourself to do what you need to do. And you say that with love. She said it with jokingly, you know, that she needs her time. So that's, that's healthy boundaries. So, I mean, my husband, like I have this, I'm in the lower level right now. I have this space. I really have the whole lower level to have my creativity space. He has his space upstairs to his office and where he does his thing. But we, we have uh, come together for most of the day as well. So having our alone time is very important in that we have something to bring together on a daily basis, like coming together for our cappuccino time, but true love happens on a daily basis, how we nurture our love every day. I, I think too that with that friendship comes respect. Absolutely. To respect each other, respect the differences, re respect the, the interests, the passions, the, and the, the individual. I think that's really a, a key factor. If you lose the respect of your lover, your loved one, it goes downhill. If you don't oh, yeah. respect your husband anymore, it, it goes downhill. I noticed you brought up something when you were talking about trying painting. You said, I'm not worthy or and I, I had this experience with my husband when he first started trying to draw, he's like, mm, no, he, he like literally wouldn't do it because he's like, no, I've been told that I'm not good at this. And so he, he didn't really want to risk looking bad, like exactly. making that effort. And so it's sort of that same thing that you said, I don't feel worthy to really do this. But in, in our story, like now, We've been together four to five years. I was something in somewhere in there. And now he is blossoming because he's in a safe environment with me to try these things. And he's drawing things while I was drawing it and he's wood burning it. And 
all of a sudden he's starting to draw his own things and he's getting that recognition and becoming more comfortable and people are noticing. It's just a really exciting thing to see when you let yourself go, like you found that healing. And I think he's finding something he never thought he would find joy doing, which I can actually share it. I'm working on, we're collaborating now and I drew this and then he's wood burning the background here. And then I'm adding the paint. This beauty would never have happened had I not encouraged him to try it. So, you know, that's my passion is to encourage people to try to find some joy in trying to do artwork. Even if it's not their, they think they're horrible at it, you might find some huge relief. And we had the same. Thank you for listening to the Global Art Cafe podcast. Please like and share this podcast and leave me a five-star rating. Join this creative community on my website, www.artsoulliving.com to stay up to date on events and upcoming special guests. Please consider supporting this podcast with a financial contribution. I appreciate your patronage. Go to www.artsoulliving.com and hit the donate button. You'll make my day. My mission is to transform women's lives through introducing creative solutions to art and business and life challenges one heart at a time.